Good evening and welcome to the first JMU Sports Blog podcast edition of the Coach Signetti era. <laughs> I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? I guess hopefully everyone's doing well. Um, I guess we should also say welcome, Coach. <laughs> oh, I'm so. sure he's listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, priorities gotta right. Forget about recruiting or anything else. Just I don't know what Rob and Todd think. That's, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, we are excited to be with you as always. We are certainly excited about our topic tonight. Um, I think that's about all we're going to cover. Um, a couple of notes at the beginning here. As always, we're brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the tap room anytime. Mention the podcast, you get a free pint glass. Um, Pale Fire's got a lot of cool stuff going on here over the holidays. Go in there, a lot of music stuff. I saw they have like a, a music pass for the whole year next year. Season, yeah, that's cool. That's a really cool thing for they, they seem yeah, to have like a lot 30 of thirty bucks or something yeah. like that. And then you get in you don't pay a cover in any musical yeah. um, event the next year. That sounds pretty it does. awesome. And they, they have a lot of kind of interesting uh, musical stuff down there. It's really cool. Uh, they're really consistent with that. So yeah, for our folks in the valley, um, go on down to Palefire and check that out. Um, it's also a good time if anybody's going through the valley on their way home or out of town or wherever you're headed for the holidays uh, if you get you're lucky enough to get some time off that's a good time to stop in there and pick up some merch or some growlers for your friends i, I don't know if i'm going to be able to do that but i'm certainly going to consider it on the way home depending on timing yeah yeah so absolutely and and lastly this is uh the most no it's not the most, it's most exciting to us it's certainly not more exciting than getting a new coach that we're happy with um but we're going to be recording a holiday special podcast this week we have two I don't know what to call them. I mean, they're like members of the staff now uh, that are going to be joining us. Uh, or we, we have one, fam- one famous Duke and, and one, one, and Rob's, one little son, brother. Yeah, Rob's son, actually. Yes. So um, <laughs> joining us, we're going to have a lot of fun. We have a pretty cool topic we're going to do. We're going to kind of draft a JMU-related fantasy roster, and then we're going to put it online, a um, bunch of different categories, and then we're going to put it online and let people vote. And the winner – We'll get some kind of, uh, I don't know, some little treat from Pale Fire. So we'll see what happens. Um, and there's some Christmas stuff in yes, there. Yes, yes. There's definitely both Not Christmas all. and holiday stuff and uh, JMU-related stuff. But we can't uh, – hopefully we're, we're probably going to record tomorrow night, uh, but we'll probably put it out. You know, it's not a time-conditional thing. So we'll probably put it out maybe Thursday or Friday, kind of see what happens. And uh, so everybody will have it for next week. And because Rob and I will, as much as I would love to, we won't be recording on Christmas Eve next week, I don't think. No. no. <laughs> I think Rob, he's a father. I, I don't think I've got anything to put together this oh. year, um, oh. which is yeah. good. But, yeah, it's still, it, it's, it's an ordeal. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Saturday Night Live, if you saw the skit with Matt Damon. No, I did not. It's worth watching. Yep. Everybody will get a kick out of it, but particularly parents. It's Matt Damon and um, I forget who the other one was, but they're kind of reminiscing on, oh, what a perfect Christmas it was. And then they show flashbacks of like how it actually was with uh-huh. the kids. And it, it's pretty funny. So definitely you can find it on YouTube or yeah. whenever you're doing things more important than listening to this podcast. <laughs> so that, that's a good way, good way to spend time. That's awesome. Um, well, Rob, I, I guess I'm going to kind of just lead you into this. Um, I got to watch almost all of I haven't, quite finished the last five, 10 minutes of the press conference from today. Um, But I obviously watched 
the initial little video that coach did last week and then most of the press conference today uh, work kind of got in the way a little bit but I'm pretty excited I know this is a name for everyone that doesn't know uh, which is probably no one of our core listening audience JMU replaced coach Houston with coach Kurt Signetti from Elon uh, this guy is a it was funny right I on Friday when video I was like Mm. <laughs> like, this could be awkward. A little choppy. <laughs> little choppy, little right? choppy. It's actually funny because watching Houston's first couple comments when he was at ECU, it's such a whirlwind for these guys this time of year, I think. And it's got to be weird to just shift your whole life in that way. It, and then, you oh, know, yeah. just seeing and just coach, going cold yeah, you go, to, to a new fan base. Yeah. Like, you don't really know what plays in Piora, so to speak. But, man, I, I, I thought on Friday or whatever it was, I thought, man, this guy's – you know, he may be a football savant, but this could be a little, a little more awkward after sort of the overwhelming personalities of both Withers and Houston, and certainly Mickey before them um, yeah. the last few years. But today was every, everything oh gosh, I could have man. asked for and more, and funny and smart. And... Now, I, I haven't seen the whole right. thing. Um, I've just seen clips. I was working right. all day and then running around basketball practice and stuff like that. So I haven't done it, but man, what a difference a few days makes. Like, yeah. give that guy time to get in his element, and he already looks comfortable and settled in and legitimately excited about JMU. Not just like, oh, I've got a new job, but, like, he seems to already understand what an exciting opportunity it is that, that he's been given. Yeah. And I guess anybody in the coaching world would know what a great job mm-hmm. it is. But, man, he just, he just really seemed in his element today. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between knowing what a great job it is because of all the great infrastructure JMU has in place, right? Facilities and fancy mm-hmm. stuff and alpha dogs and all that stuff versus knowing what it is because you are aware of this program for a long time. And yeah. I got the feeling with coach, I mean, this is a guy who played at West Virginia, right? Or went to West Virginia undergrad, uh, grew up with his dad being a long time. I mean, a, his dad is a coaching, what college football hall of fame member. Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, that and he played for a Hall of Famer at uh, West Virginia. He did, he? yeah. Is that yeah. Johnny Majors? Maybe, yeah. I, I can't. I yeah, so. you know, um, just and then you know has sort of been around the IUP program for a long time, which is kind of one of those odd D two programs, but in a state that takes its football at every level, including the D two level, very seriously. Um, you know, has a similar trajectory. Had had been at Alabama right, was Saban's recruiting coordinator and assistant coach under Saban early in the first years of Saban's Alabama, ten, this most recent Alabama tenure. So, mm-hmm. you know, learned a lot. And then, as he said today, took a big pay cut and a big chance because he wanted to be a head coach and sort of went back home to IUP and turned that program around and got on the radar. And in fact, uh, apparently was neighbors with the Stapletons there yeah. in Pennsylvania. Uh, that was a funny was. moment in the press conference. Yeah. And for anybody that didn't see it, go check it out online. There's clips of it. I think, uh, was it TJ Acker? One of the local yeah. team reporters, I think, tweeted out. Yep. But asked him about his relationship with JMU players. And he's like, oh, well, anybody who you know spent time in Indiana, Pennsylvania knows the Stapletons. And then he looked off camera and I assume was looking at Riley or, or maybe yeah, Dylan, I don't know, his, yeah. or, or, or Dylan, one of his daughters, yeah. but said Riley was at his house two or three times a week as a teenager. And then. Yeah. You put put one on one together yeah, that's... Uh, when you see the pictures of the family, <laughs> yeah. and you can you can draw your own conclusions about Riley 
why Riley was there. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't trying to get an offer from the IUC. No, no, I don't think so. No. So, yeah, um, just just a, you know, a lot like in, in that way, kind of like Houston, right? He's a true football lifer. A guy who grew up around the game. Kids are all, uh, I, I think one of them plays college volleyball or did play college volleyball. Like, you know, just totally bought into everything about college athletics. Um, it was just really cool to see really. I, I thought that was funny that he started off kind of picking on Charlie King, one of, one yeah. of our favorite targets, right. <laughs> uh, you know, um, just, you could tell this was the guy I, I robbed to go back a couple weeks. I think the very, you know, within minutes of the announcement that Houston was at the time going to Charlotte, uh, you tweeted something out about like coach Signetti, you up? You know, yeah, I, I, I forget. It's that thing on Facebook. We said, like, well, he asked for his phone number or something like that. Yeah, yeah. kind of kidding. Like, he was the one kind of name out there mm-hmm. that you and I and pretty much most other JMU fans in our, in our little circle mm-hmm. thought of. Um, a lot of it was right after he had seen beat JMU. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, man, that guy is really doing something special down there at Elon. Um, it, it'd be really nice if we ever get to the point where Houston leaves. He's a guy we should take a look at. Well, that – really spun up a lot quicker than we anticipated. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just – it's a home run hire for me. It was for and me too. I guess yeah. that the, you and I were chatting yesterday, and we have a tendency to maybe let our enthusiasm get the best of mm-hmm. us at times related to JMU. But I think we're both convinced this might even be an upgrade. And a lot of that is kind of the new car sales <laughs> yeah, right. thing. I'm cautiously optimistic um, of that. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. Like, it, it, I don't think it's going to be falling off a cliff. Um, and I don't want to go back and have revision in history and start to pick apart the Mike Houston error. Mm-hmm. Houston was terrific. Um, obviously, I mean, you, you win a championship and go to another championship game. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But but there were some things this year where it it, it took a step back or, or hit a little bit of a plateau. Um, so may, maybe change is good in that yeah, sense. Yeah, I, th- I think so. You know, just to come in. Um, I, I liked the fact that, Signetti did not hide from expectations, did not, not seek to in any lower way, the bar. Shape or form. In fact, he raised it. And I got the I mean, feeling he, he, that was the primary driver in his decision. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's and, making, and, it looks like, I don't know, fifty dollars to $100,000 more, but not, it's not the kind of like life altering change that Houston was getting going to ECU, right? Or, Correct. you know, that. Um, or climbing. Or climbing going to Kansas State, right? It's not. Yeah, it, this is a guy who is, what, 47, 57? 57, 57 you know, has been successful, has had, you know, I, I really got the feeling today. And, you know, look, if he wins two or three championships at JMU, which we all hope he does in the next few years, um, then, you know, obviously <laughs> he'll get a look, said, right? I think he specifically said five or six. Yeah, he did. I, I know. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that was a cool thing. He didn't shy away from any of the expectations. And, in fact, he – he pretty much started off the – I think it would be – I mean, he obviously respects Houston. I think that was clear today. Um, yes. But I also – And but he respects he did, all the players on this roster. Right. But he did note that there was – losing four games in a season for James Madison is unacceptable. <laughs> yes. I, I think that was pretty clear what he meant um, about this yeah. year's team. So, yeah, that was – it was great. And, I, I, Rob, I, I guess my big picture thought on this is just – Listening to him today, I, you know, we'll remain cautiously optimistic until we get to West Virginia next year. But the, he seemed like the natural evolution of the last 
this cycle of coaches, right? I mean, that Mickey was the, I mean, with certainly apologies to coach McMillan, right? Mickey built this program into the, into a, you know, a, a power in FCS and Mickey's time had worn Mickey's offense or lack thereof had worn stale after a while. And Withers was a necessary bolt of energy at, at, at that time, but he wasn't, didn't seem to be a great CEO of the whole thing. And it was maybe questionable as to whether he was a great, um, I don't know what to say, motivator, mentor, role model for all the young men in the program. I, I'm not trying to be an ass about that. I just, that was, when Houston took over, that difference was noticeable, right? This jet, It was, I mean, just the seriousness, the seriousness with which everything was taken. Right. I think Withers, like you said, you said it best, you know, he's that bolt of energy they needed. Yeah. He came in, added a spark, got people excited, um, the players and the fans, the alpha dogs, mm-hmm. you know, he got a lot of excitement around the program, uh-huh. but maybe at the expense of building the core foundation that was necessary. Right. I think Houston came in immediately recognized that um, kind of, for lack of a better term, seemed to like toughen the team up. Right. You know, they, they focused on that foundation piece. He was great. I mean, you, you can go on and on. I mean, all these guys had different things. Um, but it did, it did seem like they hit a little bit of a plateau this year. I don't think the, the future was still very bright with Mike Houston. Mm-hmm. I do not mean to give the impression. No, no, oh, no, no. God, he's no. gone. But, but I do think this is another opportunity. You know, every once in a while, you see it at every level, save maybe like Coach K or Nick Saban. Like sooner or later, sometimes coaches just have teams mm-hmm. or, or years where that message doesn't resonate anymore. Right. Um, it seemed like at times this year that JMU had gotten a little complacent mm-hmm. and Houston even made, made statements to that effect. Like, you know, everybody's getting a little too hype and not ready and preparing like they should. That's fine. I'm not saying that's on the coach or anybody, but that evolution that you're speaking of with Signetti coming in and resetting it, he's very, appears to be process oriented. Yep. He talks about how he's got a he's system. He's a saving guy in that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's music to anybody. Yeah. I think that's it, right? Houston was an unbelievable motivator of, not only the young men in the program, but the people around him on the staff and at the university, right? Yeah. And everybody in the fan community, I, I think lock the damn gates, right? We always have mm-hmm. that. And that will, we will always look back fondly on that. And I think Houston is one of those coaches that you are, you know, on a one game basis or a one season basis, you can get everybody in the world to run through a wall for you. Um, yeah. Houston and Signetti are of a similar age, but it, it seems like, um, it seems today, well, this about, whole what, like process idea and the infrastructure of everything around the program, right? The business of college football, the business mm-hmm. of media, the business of recruiting, uh, all of that. This guy just seems like it's possible. It might even be a slight upgrade, like you said. Um, who knows? And, and even, I mean, upgrade, I think. Yeah, it's really hard. It's to, probably too. It's, the bar's pretty high. <laughs> it might be. It's like as good a situation as you can imagine it's he's bringing in skills that in certain ways I think can immediately address some of the things that need to be addressed from Houston. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it's just like a good fit. Maybe, maybe not an upgrade, but like, it seems like it's a setup it's that, for a smooth yeah, transition evolution, kind of. as we could hope. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just continue to go forward. You're not, you don't need to tear anything down by any means. I mean, goodness only knows none of us wanted Houston to go. No, it, a terrific coach. Right, no. uh, I wish him well, but, there's an opportunity here to just kind of maybe get that focus. Um, I really liked how 
the constant, the goal was, oh, we're going to win the CAA and then we're going to look for national championships. Mm-hmm. Well, you talk about an evolution saying, <laughs> I think his comment today was, no, I'm 57. I want to coach into my 70s. I want to be involved in my 70s. I want to win five, six championships yeah. here. Then we'll have a big party in my 70s and I'll be there. Like, that's really just, again, that evolution and pushing forward. And um, there's none of this like, well, I don't know. They lost four games, first round of the playoffs. We'll reset next year. It's like, no, we're going frisky. Yeah. We're going to go. Yeah. We're going to go repeatedly. He was like, I need a running and, back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, North Dakota State is basically the model he's going That's after. That's right. Not, not win one title, get to another game. It's like, no, let's build a dynasty. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously, it's funny with him being a saving guy and all the connections to Alabama. And mm-hmm. there have been JMU fans who tried to, you know, thankfully unsuccessfully so far to impose certain Alabama sayings. <laughs> onto things at JMU. But if we're all being honest, North Dakota State is the Alabama of FCS. And JMU yeah. is not there yet. They're, they, no. you know, they, they're, I don't know whether they're LSU or Clemson or what, what have you, but they're something other than that. And this guy obviously wants to get to that level. And I think there was a little, it was funny today too. I didn't know what to expect. I thought there was a little something for everybody. You know, you and I were both big Maringer supporters in this search. Um, mm-hmm. and that would have been exciting in its own way, but there was enough here today. I mean, I had the sense that he is going to be flexible with the defensive personnel he has. One of the big concerns was Elon has run that three, three, five, which a number of teams gave JMU a hard time with this year, but at times for Elon, for Villanova, for what New Hampshire plays a little bit of that, um, has been it, it can be a defense that you use when you don't have talent um, to make up for some of those things. And JMU is usually not in that category. He seemed flexible. Um, you know, there was some frustration among ex-players. I, I think I wanted, I did want to talk about that, about the search. I, look, I don't blame the ex-players at all. Um, I know it gets rough on JMU Nation on the Facebook stuff, but the ex-players obviously know guys, whether that's Steinspring or Maringer or whoever. And, they have a right to voice their support for a person they love or respect. Um, but there was, I thought it was interesting that one of the first five minutes of the press conference today, you know, coach talked about get it, you know, thanking the ex players in the program. And there was a, it seemed like a real good first step for a reach out to that group uh, and kind of the history of this program, which is something I think all fans. And then just the, the same seriousness that Houston brought to the whole enterprise of running a big-time program uh, was still there with this guy. Um, you know, it wasn't all flash and lights and juice and party in the end zone stuff. So, <laughs> I don't know. It turned, I mean, it's, it, it's, we'll never know the ins and outs of the search. Jay said, I think we've heard that JMU interviewed a number of candidates in person, five or six candidates in person, and one by phone. Uh, certainly we would surmise that it's possible they talked to the main coach by phone at some point in the last couple of weeks. It certainly looked like Maine played like a team who the media was saying their coach is leaving on last weekend. <laughs> um, you know, they definitely, I think we're pretty sure they talked to Maringer and Steinspring both, but I, I couldn't be happier. And, you know, it does sound like the players are in for a little bit of a uptick in uh in early morning workouts coming up this year. Well, they do that. But I think every coach does that. And they did that when Houston came in. Yeah. And Houston wanted to be physical at the point of attack. And this guy obviously wants to lead the nation in rushing. And that works for me. (laughs) 
Like, oh man, you know, and if in- Percy and Percy and Jawan have got to be just on cloud nine. Yeah, when you look around the talent going into next year, and Bourne talked about this, and, and credit to Bourne for the way he started the presser today, you know, saying this is the best job in the country, and this is not a rebuild. We need someone who's ready to go, like from the get go, and we we have a huge team coming. You know, really loaded roster coming back next year just among the players that we already have here. And if there's one group that's probably key to that next year, it is the offensive line. And for a guy who wants to run the ball and led the conference in rushing at Elon, that sounds like music to my ears. Yeah. Um, also saw CJ Jackson, <laughs> Jamie, your recruit. We're not probably supposed to, I don't know. Can we talk about this on the podcast? I have no idea. Um, don't tweet at recruits people. Yeah. Don't, don't tweet at them. But you know, one of the running back commits, being very uh, vociferous that he is on his way here uh, yeah. even after, you know, who knows who, who's been talking to who the last few weeks. Um, and then there's the wonderful silver lining, Rob, of Jamie did kind of screw a conference rifle. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it is weird that this has now happened twice in two years. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you mean Rocco, Rocco going, leaving Richmond to go to yeah, Delaware? Yeah. So the CA, that's just weird. Um, I, I, you do kind of feel for like, both of Elon's fans or however many people they have down there that care about this program. Like it is a really, really bad break to lose the best coach they've had, a guy who got results that they did not expect, um, you know, just days before signing day. It was not easy for JMU. JMU was able to hire from a very different position of strength. I know Elon got their guy that went internally, but man, that's a bad beat. It is. It really is. And, it's funny. One thing that Coach talked about today, a little, a little more than Bourne did, um, it certainly looked like he and Bourne had a conversation when Mickey left, when Mickey was when Mickey was leaving, and then they ultimately hired Withers. Um, it sounded to me like Coach Signetti might have been on the JMU radar back then at IUP. Yeah, yeah. And you know, for whatever reason, um, <laughs> someday maybe Bourne will tell us. You know. Tell somebody when he's 80 and having a bourbon somewhere, maybe he'll tell everybody what really happened there. But and, and, and really, I guess, you know, the proof will be in the pudding five years from now. But you, you wonder if he looks back and thinks, I should have hired the guy then. Um, <laughs> but I don't know that that, you know, this has been a great five years. And we wouldn't trade these. You know, I wouldn't trade these five years. for. There's very little I would trade them for. So unless we win five or six titles in the next 10, it would be really hard to see it being better than it has been. And maybe this is the perfect time uh, for coach. Rob, what do you think about all the nicknames for him? Um, I sort of put a test balloon up like Coach Stig, I don't, Coach C. Uh, it, I, is it just going to be Coach Signetti? People are doing the C squared thing or C2. I, I don't know. Which just I, looks weird when it's not a squared, the like little numeral. <laughs> like, I don't know. No, that, that doesn't translate to uh, Twitter or anything like that. No. I don't know. We got like, whenever you get people that like post photos, then tag us in them with like 50 other people. <laughs> it, it makes the, the old man in me just can't comprehend Twitter anymore. Right. I got out of work today. We had like 50 something mentions and I don't think anything was actually directed at us. It was just all these strangers retweeting things. So I've completely lost, lost the sheet of music on that. today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll have to come up with something. I mean, coach Signetti, I, I guess that's all it'll be. Um, yeah, it, well, that was, I mean, selfishly or, or in a very petty way, 
that's one good reason. It's much easier to say his name than that goof from, dude from Maine. I, I would have misspelled that. Parasimiac. Mis- yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I, I kept trying to type it. And my, it I must have misspelled it so many. Like, there was no way that I could type it that my phone would not try to autocorrect me. Yeah, <laughs> I just kept saying the dude from Maine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we'll probably never know all the ins and outs, but we're certainly glad to have Coach. Um, no, it is, it is weird, though. The one thing we kind of yeah. did talk about is – it is really weird how this guy was a lot of people's A1 target weeks ago, and it kind of took two weeks and came right back. I had thought it evolved to the point where – Yeah, I thought he was out of the running. No. Yeah. yeah. Did somebody report that, or did we just all assume that – Yeah, I don't uh, remember was, how it went down, but it was certainly – I mean, he was like, certainly he one was or available. one A on our list. That the, you know, when we did the emergency pod when Houston was the, first reported to be leaving, he was the very first guy we talked about. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe we said Steinspring just because we knew he'd be on the on the radar. But it, I think we both said like you got to make that. I think that's the first thing we said is that's the call you got to make, right? Yeah. And it, and we are not I mean, obviously we play no part in this, but it was just so obvious. Like he's the name that we assumed everybody everybody was reporting would be interested. Yeah. And I got to give Jay so credit in- too, right? They were quiet. They kept the search quiet the last few days before he was announced. It felt like he was off the radar and we had all yeah. moved on to Maringer, Steinspring, Harris, Simiak, right? Speculation. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens on, I don't know, what is it? Tomorrow? What, signing day? Or uh, 19th. 19th, right? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, but, you know, it, it seems like if JMU wanted to go through a process and they had, they wanted to, and it's also funny, I mean, I guess looking back now, when he mentioned that he had that conversation with Bourne five or six years ago, which was presumably when Withers got hired. Um, that's the kind of thing you gain by talking to these six or seven people over these two weeks is you're building your pool for down the road and you're building those relationships and you never know what might come back around. Um, even if this guy was, was one of your top choices or the top choice from the very first day, I don't know, you know, um, I just, so I, I don't know. Probably I think, I think there's interest, value so. in following your own process that you lay out in quiet, calmer times, as opposed to the way that I know that I did. And I think most fans freak out at the moment that the turnover happens and, and you're more liable to make a bad decision at that point. And so, you know, may, you know, some of us are frustrated, right? That we're like, well, how is he the top name on the list? And it took us two weeks to get him. Well, that's also, but he's a top name on our list. We don't know if that was that's right. Warren's list. <laughs> and um, you have no idea what kind don't... of name. I mean, is there a Ruffin McNeil type name that you, you feel like, wait, we got to wait and give a call and see, you know, like, is there a, some kind of like, you know, candidate that you think John Filippo, right? Is there a candidate that you think is probably out of your range that you're like, well, wait, we're going to make these calls and see what happens. Or are you just confident enough if you're Jeff Warren to go, you know what? I did this the past few times. It worked out fine. Yeah, I think that's Five probably the wrinkle. best way. Let's just, let's just go through. Right. We've got a whole bunch of guys. Reports on the interview, five or six. Like, yeah. so just let's get this done. And it's worth taking an extra two or three days. It might seem like an eternity to us as fans. Right. But check every box. And if we lose you know, cross one or two team. or three recruits, um, the most important thing is that we have the right CEO for the franchise. That's yeah. a bigger deal than one or two high school players that may or may not pan out um, and may or may, may or may not be a big part of the JMU program going forward. That said, I thought it was 
coach did not seem, you know, he said he thought they were going to get, what, about half the class would probably sign that he was confident in saying that this week. Uh, it sounded like he had talked to everyone. Players can sign in February. I think it's the national, the final signing day, right? Final signing day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at least one of the big name JMU players. And I, there's no, no, no reason. I, this one, you know, I'm not here to scold JMU nation or our fan base, but I don't look, you know, we, we don't need to yell at recruits, but I mean, we don't need to yell at regular at our players, much less recruits who aren't even here yet. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's hard to blame a player for saying I'm going to sign on February in February somewhere. And I'm not, you know, and, and maybe they're going to take another look around. I mean, think of what Elon's recruits are going through right now the same way. So, Oh yeah. I mean, you're an 18 year old kid and you're getting ready to make a decision on college. Right. Why push it? I mean, that's not so that. Did you see that crazy tweet today? Is it, is Reed, is he a freshman or a recruit? There's one JMU player or recruit that said that his dad actually played for Coach Signetti. And he was like so excited. I thought, what a small world that is. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. His dad played college ball for Signetti. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. And obviously he's got the connections already with a few of the names on the roster to begin with. So we're excited to see where it goes. Rob, I got one more question for you. Um, yeah. This is off topic on the coach, but uh, it, it's very coach related. Is the starting, uh, let me ask, is the starting quarterback on the roster today? And if so, who, who's your early favorite starting quarterback? Oh man, I don't know. Um, I, I think all options are on the table. Uh, I'm not ready to say the door is closed forever on Nooch. That's no surprise. No. People who call me a Nooch defender. I just I think you come in kind of blank sheet of paper and you see what all these guys have of your coach, and then you determine do you need to go out and get somebody else. I think else? Nooch is um, actually one of the Pennsylvania kids that he was familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe with a different approach or different, mm-hmm. different offense, maybe built around some of those mm-hmm. skill sets. You could make the argument that he might thrive right. or something like this. I mean, you look at what, what Lamar Jackson's doing with the revamped offense Heck in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah, it might not be conventional to have somebody tuck it and run it all the time, but if you can build to those strengths and give them the confidence to make decisions, it could be. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd say open competition at this standpoint, just because I think pretty much the entire roster is going to be open competition. There's a couple obvious spots, mm-hmm. you know, Kendall Dean and Stapleton, I think. Are probably your, your yeah, and you've got the one six and one linemen. A, you and then you got, got the, the line, the batch of linemen coming back. I, I think the yeah, linebackers Rashad. are certainly locked down with, or at least Word and Holloway are playing next yeah. year, right? Rondell Carter's but, probably the captain of the team, unless something else happens, you know. Yeah, but I, I think that's going to be a battle for the starting running back, or it might even be a running back by committee, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Hamilton and, and Percy. Um, the QB is definitely. I'd say up for grabs. Is that? I don't. I think. I think. It, I mean, for me but... at this point, I'd I'd be hard pressed to, like, I would, you know, for me, all three, right? Danucci, Johnson, Maloney, and transfer X, right? Would I would give them all a twenty five percent chance right now? Like, and I don't. Yeah. I, I would feel, you could convince me to move somebody up to like thirty five percent chance. I don't think you could convince me to move anybody up higher than that. Right. I just, I don't, and that's not to say I'm not 
I'm not advocating for a transfer again. JMU's been down that road, you know, now a few times in the last few years um, with varying degrees of success. <laughs> um, but, you know, VAD was a transfer. Brian Shore was a transfer. Danucci was a transfer. So yeah. let's not forget that, you know, Brian Shore was a little bit different kind of a transfer, but a transfer nonetheless, not a kid that was recruited in JMU's class. So, yeah, I don't know. And, and you certainly don't know. I mean, it, it's, it did sound like Signetti didn't sound like he was particularly interested in stealing kids that he had recruited at Elon, um, which I don't, you know, I don't know whether that says. But, but, but did he definitively state that he's not going to? I, I, don't, I mean, you got to trust a guy when they say that's, that. Yeah, <laughs> trust anybody who says that, right? Yeah, and then suddenly anybody. two days later, they're on Twitter in somebody's living room. Yeah. Um, so leave the low. kid alone on that, by the way. I will say oh, that was, yeah, yeah like, the poor kid got lit up with replies. Mm -hmm. Just, it, well, it it's also like some of these things, I mean, and, and I'm not, this is, you know, yeah. Could, do, is there room for me to, is there room for me to be a little more pissed about this? If Houston steals, you know, multiple players from JMU? Yes. There's a little room for movement on this, but yeah. the players and, and, are going to call the guy who's been recruiting them. It, you know, it doesn't even mean that – I mean, I, I don't – you know, I'm not going to blame just, the kid reason, for reaching yeah. out to the person they've been building a relationship with for a year or two, you know. Yeah, and, and just to reset, if, if people don't know what we're talking about, Houston, in an, like, exit interview type thing uh, with one of the local media guys, stated that he had no business trying to go after any of Jamie's recruits, and he definitively said he was not going to do that. Right. Then three days later, one of the recruits tweeted a picture about like, oh, great talk, great seeing Coach Houston at home tonight for the picture of him. And it was just like, whoa. And, and this is where I'm going to go to. Like, Todd, that's a little different than taking a phone call. You, you drive up to Virginia. Yeah, it is. I'm just, yeah, it is. It is. You know, it's, it, that's recruiting. Right. That's recruiting. You can, you know, you can say it however you want. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's a game. There is something wrong with going out and about and being like, I'm Mr. Integrity. I'm not going to do it. I'd never do that. And right. I'd do it 48 hours right. later. Well, it, Just don't say no, anything. If we want to be the top program in FCS or we want to be the UCF of the AAC someday, we might as well get used to this stuff. This is the way it's going to go. Yeah, right? yeah. And no, we'll be happens. happy for the kids who want to be here. I, I don't have any doubt. You know, look, God bless ECU, but for some kids – maybe that's all that matters is playing at the FBS level or being in a, you know, thinking you're at a, a bigger quote, bigger program, but for other kids, JMU is pretty cool place to go to school. And I, I don't know if I want to go to Pitt County, North Carolina, to go to school. So um, look, everybody's different, right? Some people aren't going to like yeah. Harrisonburg, right? So that's just, no, it, and a lot of these guys had, probably real relationships and admiration and a lot of excitement about playing for their particular position coaches and stuff like That's that. Right. I mean, God, God bless them. They're going to do what they want. It, it happens. I got, I really have no problem with Houston continuing to, to recruit guys or any other coach continue to recruit guys. They've built relationships with. I just think it's, yeah, that was just particularly lame. Like, lame. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's just lame. Just don't say anything. Yeah. We all know what's going to happen. Right. Just don't stand up and say you're not going to do it. Right. So. Yeah, I, I think that's probably all there is on that. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, I, a couple notes. Um, Coach mentioned that he's bringing, what, six or seven guys with him from the Elon staff? Looks like about half the Elon staff is coming with him, but half is staying with 
Coach Tris, Trisiani, who the, was the defensive coordinator who's getting the job at Elon. And so there's a few open spots. I have to assume that there are conversations with Coach Wright and Coach Beelan, who stayed with JMU the last few weeks. Um, I also assume they were fairly well compensated for doing so. And, you know, that, that, that that's nothing is guaranteed to them when they stick around. I have to say, Rob, I will be watching extremely closely uh, to see how Coach Signetti fills out the staff. I think there may be a lot more. There may actually be more to be gleaned from an X's and O's and personnel standpoint from his choices for offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator over the next two weeks than there is about how, how many people in the recruiting class sign on Wednesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that will be a very interesting thing. Uh, he's a guy who's been in the business a long time, been at a lot of different levels, uh, knows a lot of different people. I'm fascinated to see who may end up in the Valley on the sidelines next year with him. So that's going to be an interesting transition to watch. And one of the things I, I think I'm, Probably, probably the thing I'm most curious about right now in the next, you know, through the end of this year, these next couple of weeks. So I think that's about it. Rob, you got anything else other than that? I think we are, I don't want to say we're over the moon. We're just very excited about the possibility of what lays ahead for JMU. And it certainly didn't, I'll say this, it doesn't feel like a step back, right? No, no, it's, it's worked out so far. It's worked out about as well or better than we've, we thought it could happen. Right. And I think, we, you know, we would be optimistic. I think we would have been optimistic with any of the names to varying degrees that we had discussed two or three weeks ago. But having seen what we've seen the last week, I don't think I could be more optimistic than I am now about what I'm going to see on the field in Morgantown next fall. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, Rob, you want to? We got an overtime topic tonight. We do a quick one. Uh, yeah, sort of get in the holiday before. spirit right away. This will not be in the holiday fantasy draft later in the week with our special guest, but our longtime supporter um, at Dave Butts on Twitter. I, I assume not that Dave Butts <laughs> yeah. right? um, suggested that we we both mention our go to holiday cocktail or go to Christmas cocktail. Um, you want to take the first one, Rob? You got anything in particular? I mean, I, mine's more themed than a particular drink, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, anytime we talk cocktail, I go to cocktail bars, and I always end up regretting just not getting a Manhattan. Because <laughs> that's just. I, I like always the, order whatever the gin drink is. And sometimes that's good, sometimes the, it's the not. The bourbon one. I guess, yeah. Um, but I guess for the holidays, I, this is just one of those things you either like it or you don't. I like eggnog. Oh, okay. So, no, yeah, no. and I know people hate it, so I will. I will have eggnog on Christmas Eve with a with a healthy glug or two of bourbon in it. There you go. Yeah, no, that's a good. I mean, obviously, look, that's a staple. I think the yeah, last couple was, of years, I my I will admit this: the one problem at Christmas is there. There's always there's too much food and drink around, right? Yeah, and you end up having a little like you end up having like four or five different kinds of things. And that kind of ruins any one particular thing. Correct. Yeah. Like overwhelming. it would be better if I had just stuck with gin and tonic, like I like, right. Then, yeah. then trying whatever crazy crap my brother's making or something. Um, the one thing I do love at Christmas that I never have the rest of the year is any kind of alcohol in coffee. 
Um, oh, yeah. right. Just like, coffee drinks. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like Christmas morning, my brother's always got Bailey's or some, you know, some little mm-hmm. thing. And then, and then I never, I'm someone like I drink a cup of coffee every morning, but I don't drink coffee. That's all right. I have my one cup of coffee in the morning and that's, that's it for me. And yeah. Christmas feels like the time when I end up drinking coffee like two or three times a day. Yeah. And, it, and it's acceptable. Like my mom always has a pot on, you know, like, it's mm-hmm. acceptable like all times of the day and you do, I mean, I end up eating sugar and then you're kind of crashing and you're like, well, I guess I'll have some coffee. And then somebody's like, well, how about this bourbon in the coffee? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. little, top it off. Make it yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's, that's kind of mine over the holidays. Uh, we will be back with you guys a little later in the week. And we might put it up tomorrow or Wednesday. We'll see um, how we, how this, how the technology works. But we can't encourage you enough. Hopefully, this will be fun for everyone. Save it for your drives home or when you just need to duck out on family for an hour or so later in the week. I think this will be a fun one to have for people next week. I think people are really going to enjoy it. I know you and I said we messed around with the schedule a little bit this week because there are no – we're having two guests that there are no two guests we would rather have for this particular topic. So we're really excited to have them. And yeah, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, go to Pale Fire, get your Pale Fire wherever you can. It's a good thing to bring home for the holidays. And happy birthday to our friend Keith Mann, wherever you are. So, uh, yeah, yeah right. thought thought he'd be celebrating in Frisco, uh, but exactly. unfortunately he didn't. But hope hope he has a wonderful birthday or had a wonderful birthday. Yes, that's right. Rob, I will talk to you next week. All right, have a good one, everyone. Go Dukes. Cheers.